0: Oh, sweet goodness. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode fun. <laughs> I mean, episode one. So sorry of Blake's takes for God's sakes. Uh, I was originally going to call it Blake's takes for Christ's sakes, but I ran a focus group and they, they said God's sakes is a little, little easier on the average listener's ears. So, you know, I don't want to say for Christ's sakes, we're not that type of podcast. What, uh, what type of podcast are we, by the way, before I don't define it, why don't I Define it. Um, Blake's Takes, for God's sakes, is uh, basically it's going to be a weekly podcast where I take a current event from four categories, and those categories are politics, sports, leisure, and relationships, and uh, I give my Blake Take on it. By the way, Blake Take is trademarked, and uh, if you try to use it, I will sue you. Looking at you Bortles, huh? I know Blake, Blake Bortles, by the way, has been trying to rob me goddamn blind of my intellectual property, and I'm not going to allow it. You're not a starting quarterback. Get out of my goddamn life. So I've been waiting to release this podcast, by the way, for a while. Uh, I had this premise in my head, and it is a very uh, complicated premise. Oh, before I get into this, huge thanks to uh, Jingle Joe McKenzie for uh, supplying the opening song for Blake's takes, for God's sakes. And it is a song, it's not a jingle, it's a ballad. Uh, I would say it's an anthem. It's an anthem for me and all the other teenage boys out there. What if I was just lying about my age? This podcast is more of a vehicle for me to lie about my age. Um, I, uh, I think I'm going insane. And um, if there's any proof of it, it's the fact that I've listened over and over and over again to a song that was custom made. Uh, and the whole song is just my full name. <laughs> being repeated over and over and over again uh speaking of insanity i hate when you, you notice like whatever the word insanity comes up on like you know some like not i'm trying to th- like condescending idiot it's just like you know the definition of insanity is when you do the same thing over and over again Expecting a different result. No one smart ever says that. You know, no smart programming or 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 human being ever utters that phrase. Like, you know the definition of insanity. I know what insanity means. I'm not an idiot. Everyone knows what insanity is. Oh, you know the definition of air according to Marion. But I don't I know what air is. I'm breathing it. Go away. Get the hell away from me. I went to Emerson College four years accredited. Newsweek voted at the second most liberal college in America. You think I don't know what insanity means? By the way, that college listing is the the one thing keeping that rag alive. Newsweek, more like uh, News W-E-A-K. Shit, that's what I should have named the podcast. All right, so this week's topic, what are we going to open with? I'll tell you, politics. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah. Blank, blank, blank. Thank you, Lynn Short. Uh, by the way, he's the one who made that jingle. I'm not just thanking him for no reason. Thank you to my mom and dad for uh, hooking up while we're while we're, while we're just thanking people. uh William Nelson. What Willie Nelson? What if? Do you think anybody ever goes like, Oh, hi, I'm a huge fan of yours, William Nelson? <laughs> that dude. I would imagine that that guy's name actually on his birth certificate is Willie. How else do you get that high? <laughs> Every single day of your life, if your name's not Willie. Anyway, the first political topic that we will be discussing on this podcast is stimulus checks. Oh, now, um, and by the way, I've, I've done the focus groups. I've done the research. Uh, nothing gets uh, podcast listeners more involved than speaking about uh, the multi-trillion dollar stimulus package from the government and the ins and outs of it. Who's getting these damn checks? All right? How much are they for? Who? When will when will we be getting them? Should I be saying we? Now I'm saying we because um we will not be getting them because a lot of my listeners, I'm well aware, I've done uh, demographical research, are millionaires. Um, most of the people who are fans of my comedy are very rich. I, uh, I have, it's my tone of voice. It's condescending. And uh, there's nothing that people love more than a condescending tone. And I, for my shows, you've seen me at Helium. If you have the tickets, $4,000 Uh, At the lowest to sit in the goddamn back, and that's and that's on purpose. That's because I want a very specific audience in there, and I don't have a door deal. (laughs) I take the drinks. So, um, stimulus package how many, uh, how much money will the average check be? Uh, right now it's one thousand. $200 two hundred dollars and they're expected to arrive may at the earliest so in three weeks from the uh, or more than three weeks uh, at the recording of this podcast and it could actually take a few months for you to get them if you don't have direct deposit set up with the irs so <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone quick update so uh What I just said was incorrect. Um, When I first recorded this particular segment, uh, it was before I found out that it takes Apple approximately two weeks to approve a podcast. Uh, All the other um, networks and uh, platforms approved it almost immediately. I don't know if Apple had to lay off the nine-year-old that it usually doesn't pay to approve things like this, but it took a while. So uh, the proper information now as of April 14th, which is when I'm uh, recording this update. And this this episode should post tomorrow. But again, maybe it'll post in 2024. It depends on what the hell Apple is doing. Uh, but as of April 14th, disbursement checks, uh, stimulus checks, are already starting to show up in bank accounts um, if you have direct deposit set up with the IRS uh, from a previous tax return. So That is the proper information. Um, Yes, I did get a new windscreen for my microphone. And thank you so much for noticing. And uh, that's it. So enjoy the rest of the podcast. That's just a quick um, factual update for this section. Uh, Everything else is current. And ha ha, ha ha, ha ha. Ha (laughs) ha, (laughs) ha ha, ha ha. If you don't have it set up, I believe soon, allegedly there's going to be a web portal that you can sign up for and set that up so you're not waiting until september to get a check if you really really need it and uh so basically um, before i go on about who gets the checks how much money you need to make in order to get them i would like to say that there are few things i love more than government checks uh, I, I'm obsessed with them because, first of all, it's it's kind of like free money. Where when you get a tax return, you forget that uh, you are owed that money by the government. It just kind of seems like free money, and that money shows up on the most beautiful pieces of parchment. I don't know if you ever just look. And this is I, I have very few hobbies, but one of them is just staring at government checks, <laughs> staring at checks from the government. Uh, the most beautiful colors, um, I believe the state, and it's interesting because you get a check from the uh, federal government, and then you'll get a check from the state government if, you, um, if you're if you getting money back on your tax return, and the state check is actually much smaller than the federal check, and I find that uh, insulting, To to be completely honest. You know me. I'm a big states rights guy. So, I love government checks. I think they're gorgeous. Um, and by the way, what if you're if you're looking for a podcast that doesn't refer to government checks as gorgeous, you're in the wrong goddamn place. So, who are getting these checks? That's probably something I should have mentioned right off the bat. Uh, tax filers with adjusted gross incomes up to seventy five thousand dollars for individuals, and up to one hundred fifty thousand dollars. For married couples now uh, I realize that not a lot of my listeners are married uh, most of my listeners are um, I believe the uh, term that the doctor used is terminally horny so a lot of my listeners there's a lot of tor- uh, turnover um, they uh, fuck themselves to death which I feel like is you know maybe not the best business model but you know it's what I'm stuck with people horny people love Blake Wexler so is this enough money, $1,200, a one time payment of $1,200 for the average person who really needs money right now? No, it's not. Um, so here's my take. My God, if I could get a drum roll right now, and by the way, that's up to me, I could put a drum roll into this podcast, but I'm not going to. So my first take ever on Blake's takes, for God's sakes, is do not so widely distribute these $1,200 checks to just anyone, I think that you should roll that money into the unemployment system. That's right. The un- and I I did uh, almost say program instead of system there, um, which kind of took away from the gravity of my statement. But that is what I believe. Why do I, why, why, oh my God, why, why, uh, why do I believe that? Did I just do an impression of a of a female figure skater who just had her career ended by a psycho. Remember that movie? um, Was it Tara Lipinski and Monica Sellis? No, Monica Sellis was the tennis player. Anyway, uh, (laughs) was it uh, Mia Hamm and um, uh, Robert Kennedy's wife? Was that that the name of the tennis players? So uh, why I think that's a good idea is that here's the thing. Um, Right now, I'm getting a $1,200 check, and I'm going to knock on wood right now i do fall into that income bracket but i don't i'm lucky enough right now to even though my stand-up dates have been canceled and to be completely uh, forthright uh, they were canceled before the coronavirus i wasn't selling a lot of tickets but but now the coronavirus is almost like a gift where it's like hey uh blake you know a lot of people aren't coming to see you and i'm like it's because they're sick the world's sick it's like no blake you're not selling enough tickets it would actually cost us less money that, to, to shut our comedy club down than have you perform at it. Every, no, it, they're sick. That's why I can't perform right now. It's not because I'm not a draw. It's because they're sick. Luckily, uh, I have enough revenue streams at the moment. Again, knocking on wood, where I'm very lucky. So uh, I don't necessarily need a $1,200 check right now. And I think other employed people who are making X amount of money maybe don't need that as well. So take that money from the people who are employed and still have an income unless, uh, you know, they become unemployed. Did I say employed? People who are employed and uh, have that income. We don't necessarily need that as much as others right now. So take that money and roll it into the unemployment system for those who are unemployed so they can get that money. Now, if and when I stop uh, making money, uh, I would would love that money. So let's uh, fucking give it back. But, because here's the thing. I can't be trusted with $1,200 just all of a sudden. I can't be trusted with it. I'm terrible with money. Um, it's not – I think I'm good with money. I'm just addicted to shopping is the issue where uh, my, my girlfriend and I have worked together where I've now unsubscribed to from all my email lists, from, from Nike and various sports apparel companies. So uh, I've cut back a lot. But, God, I just buy uh, – generally, it's sports apparel. Like Philadelphia Eagles stuff or sneakers, but um, the other night, and I am being honest right now, and I don't feel proud of this, but I did buy knives. <laughs> I bought knives, um, not cooking knives or uh, you know chopping knives. I bought uh, the best way I can describe these knives is that they're for war, and I'm anti-gun. So I'm not going to buy a gun. Plus, I don't think you can buy i a very anti-gun. So I don't think you can buy a gun online. At least I fucking hope not. Jesus Christ. I'm sure you can. Don't do it. But I was thinking, you know, I had a few drinks and I was thinking, God, what if, like, how am I going to protect my home from a home invasion? And this is an alarmist way of thinking. And it's embarrassing. We should be a lot more measured right now. We shouldn't be panic buying things. Uh, gun, gun purchases have skyrocketed since the coronavirus started. And I think that's actually a very uh, unfortunate part of humanity that they feel a need to do that. Um, so I'm actually very ashamed of this. But I'm like, how am I going to protect my home from a home invasion? Because I think about home invasions constantly. Um, constantly. And what, uh, what I do have is like this large bat. Um, that I've had for a while and I could swing that thing and I could take out, I think maybe two people if I'm being home invaded, but I don't, that's like good for like, you know, in our, in our living room. But if I'm in close quarters, it's, it's hard to use a bat. So I bought knives and by the way, this is a long way of like me being like, ha ha ha, look at how big of a fucking idiot I am. Make fun of me. I'm a moron. This is not logical, but I still, uh, I still get to keep my knives, (laughs) so I I get to, you know, really express myself as a moron, get made fun of, you know, like, take the piss out of myself, but then also, uh, I do still get to keep um, my my weapons, so I have them, but, so that's what's happening, if I get, if I get $1,200, Lord knows how many goddamn knives I'm going to buy, I'm going to be stuck, I'm not going to be able to get out of the front door of my apartment, because I have so many knives, so, that's one thing. That's why uh, I don't deserve it. So, why I think it should be rolled into the unemployment system, which, by the way, under this stimulus package, more money for unemployment is a big part of it as well. So, um, basically, when you get unemployment, it comes from the state. So, uh, years ago, in between work um, on TV shows, and by the way, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like fancier than it was, I was uh, in between um, me ordering lunch. For executive producers and giving it to them uh, after they'd yell at me for getting it wrong. Uh, you in the entertainment industry, if you don't work in it, it's rarely you're rarely salaried. It's uh, generally for the length of a show, which shoots for say three months or however long you're working in it on it. Then you jump to another show. So it is, uh, you know, often people if you network the right way. And by the way, I am offering a networking masterclass. Uh, every Tuesday at 2 (laughs) a.m. So if you're looking to network, log on to Instagram live. I'm doing my masterclass at 2 a.m. How to network. Um, It's very, it's shockingly succinct. So, (laughs) Uh, basically you get um, for unemployment I I totally forgot what the fuck I was talking about I was doing some weird bit that um, I think was working but I don't remember why it was working so I'm going to move on so essentially you get $450 at most I'm speaking about California right now per week and uh, that's as much as you would get on unemployment where it's it's enough I mean it's not enough You know, like, I guess if you have money saved up, it can help you pay rent for a little while, but it's not enough money. But luckily, with this stimulus package, whatever unemployment you get from your state, it adds an additional $600 per week. So if you're getting $450 a week from California, you would get $1,150 a week, which is helpful. So I think that uh, what would be a good idea is to take that extra money for people who still have jobs and roll it into those packages so people who are unemployed and don't have an uh, income stream, you can add that to uh, the $600 per week extra. Now, is that a good idea? Are there economists listening and saying, Blake, there are a million fucking reasons why that wouldn't work. Well, here's the thing. I don't have guests on this podcast so no one can tell me if I'm wrong. (laughs) And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Blake's take on politics. What's the next subject? Oh, honey, you know it's sports. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blake, Blake, Blake. So the first uh, sports topic that I'm going to discuss is I'm going to break down the film from week six of Eagles Cowboys. No, I'm kidding. Um... So these sports sections, uh, I'm a big sports fan, but these are generally going to be accessible to people who don't like sports. Now, if you do like sports, this is for you. If you don't, uh, it's still going to be accessible. You'll still have a general idea and uh, an appreciation of what I'm talking about. That is if you like the rest of the podcast. If you hate this podcast, um, you're going to fucking hate this too. Why even put that out there? So, this week's sports topic is the Michael Vick documentary that ESPN released a couple weeks ago. Now, there are no sports happening right now. There are absolutely no sports whatsoever, so there's no real current events I can really talk about. Uh, The NFL draft is coming up next month, but what am I really going to say about that? It's like, uh, yeah, the teams, uh, they pick the players, Um I guess uh, some of them did some funny shit on, uh, on videos, I guess. I don't know. There, there's not going to be much to talk about there. So, I've been going back and watching a lot of sports documentaries that I haven't seen in a while during this crisis. And, by the way, that sounded like I was saying crisis uh, sarcastically. I wasn't. I was swallowing because, as I was speaking, um, a enormous beetle flew into my throat. Ugh, what if that was true? So, um, during this lockdown, I've been watching a lot of sports documentaries, and I watched one. ESPN made one. I um, also I subscribe to uh, ESPN's ESPN Plus, which is like I think five ninety nine a month, and they have all the ESPN documentaries thirty for thirty uh, on there. Because in this time, um, I think that uh, you should support small to medium sized bu- uh, businesses they're hurting the most and that's why i'm giving 5.99 a month to disney uh no but seriously you should support by the way small business of the week i'm gonna try to do this uh scheib sports in um in philadelphia uh johnny good times is a friend of the podcast friend and also friends of friends he's my friend he's also friends of my friends so if you can support scheib sports they've got great uh philadelphia sporting apparel and um you should uh you should check them out but anyway So, the Michael Vick documentary is incredibly interesting. And first of all, was how good he was at football. And there's two main themes I want to talk about uh, from this topic that I'll get to in a moment. But I forgot how good he was. Michael Vick was the most exciting athlete I think I've ever seen. More exciting, I would even go so far to say more exciting than Michael Jordan. And uh, side note, Michael the Michael Jordan documentary, um, which is this gonna be uh, remember those OJ Made in America documentaries that uh ABC and ESPN released, they were like super in depth and you know, commented on, on race and you know sports and you know how we how we try athletes and how we think about celebrities. It's gonna be basically that in depth and have that production value. And they moved up the release to release it in, I believe, early to mid-April, which is really cool. uh, The fact that they're giving people something to watch, something to look forward to. But my unpopular opinion right now is that I think that Michael Vick was more exciting than Michael Michael Jordan. Oh, my God, both of their names are Michael. Oh, am I – is that how I came up with that comparison? Not that it was super thought out. I'm like, "Ah, what are two athletes that are similar? Uh, Michael Vick and – Michael uh, Carter-Williams, huh? He's more exciting than Michael Carter-Williams, and that's an in-depth sports thing that I'm trying to stay away from. So uh, Michael Jordan was incredibly athletic. He is probably one of the greatest athletes of all time. But Michael, Michael Jordan wasn't dodging insane beasts of men trying to kill him. And, like, like, Michael Jordan could shoot and play defense and do everything good on the basketball court, but it would be like – because that was his job – but that would be like if Michael Vick could also rush the ball, unlike any other quarterback of all time, and he could throw the ball, unlike any quarterback of all time. It'd be like if Michael Jordan did everything that Michael Jordan did, and he also, like, uh did concessions. <laughs> or no, he was also the mascot in between things. That's not a good analysis, but that's fine. So what happened is that uh, Michael Vick, in the middle of his prime, he was on the cover of uh, every magazine. He was the biggest Nike athlete um michael vick uh did an uh uh-oh and was arrested for dog fighting and when you hear the phrase dog fighting it's uh, and by the way this uh, this documentary is so interesting because i forgot a lot of this stuff like a lot of this stuff happened in like 2004 i believe 2005 and that happened when i was you know 15 16 not to age myself i'm still 16 years old (laughs) i just lie about my age um a lot of this uh, happened when I was younger, and when you look back at it as an adult, you're like, "My God, it was so much worse than what I remember." Because when you hear dog fighting, you picture something terrible. You picture dogs biting each other, attacking each other. But then in my mind, I like, I'm like, "Oh no!" And then you, you, uh, you take them to the doctors, and they're fine. It was so much worse than that. Um Michael Vick essentially... So dog fighting, the dogs fight until one of the dogs is killed by the other dog. And Michael Vick, for dogs that were not performing well or to make them more aggressive, uh, had his friends torture the dogs, drown the dogs, electrocute the dogs. The worst shit you can possibly imagine. It would be basically... With Michael Vick's profile and how big he was, it would be like if Zion Williamson, who's the most exciting player in the NBA right now, uh, if they just went to his home and they were doing a, a store on him, and there's just like a pile of 800 dead cats in his <laughs> swimming pool. That's not funny. I was laughing because of how horrible the image is, and that is what I call a defense mechanism. So, um, Michael Vick's defense was that he was never at this home where the dog fighting was happening. Um, he grew up with dog fighting. That was just something that was always happening around him. And the police never arrested anyone in his neighborhood of Newport News, Virginia for dog fighting. So to him, it didn't seem like the worst thing in the entire world. That was his defense. And most of it was, uh, most of the torture, the fighting, et cetera, et cetera, was done by his friends. Though he did own up to the fact that like he did participate a little bit and, uh, he should have known that this was happening at uh, at one of his houses so my two conundrums watching this documentary uh are this um this first one is two words but it's one conundrum rehabilitation slash forgiveness and as a fan of a sports team when do you stop cheering for that team what does that team have to do for you to disown that team so first to the uh re- rehabilitation and forgiveness point um the rehab part of it is that so essentially um, michael vick was supposed to do 4 to 6 months um for this uh for this crime but the judge wanted to make an example of him and put him in prison for 2 years which is uh Normally, you hear of celebrities and athletes, you know, getting out of situations because of their celebrity and their fame. But in this situation, it actually hurt him because they wanted to sway uh, the nation or show the nation how terrible dogfighting is. So, in theory, that to me, I'm like, well, that's. Here's the thing if a guy has to spend an extra year and a half in jail, um, if it means that less dogs and less animals would be tortured in theory i agree with that but then adding michael vick's face to it is uh kind of complicated things for me and by the way i'm calling him michael vick i was looking up his stats before this and on espn.com they 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 didn't have his name as michael they just had his name as mike vick which i thought was very very odd that they used his the short version of his name on like uh, a website of record it's like why would you why would you? Uh, yeah. Oh, my favorite basketball player, Al Iverson. Um, so Michael Vick went to jail for two years and uh, he declared. And here's so this is the question of rehabilitation, where when Michael uh, Michael Vick got out, um, he was everyone hated him. Everyone hated him when he went to jail. There were protests by PETA outside of uh, outside of the atlanta falcons which is where he played um outside of their complex and there is also the issue where if this was a white guy would he have been put in jail for two years and the answer is i don't think he would have but when does when is he rehabilitated and let me preface this by saying i love dogs Uh, my dog uh, if you look at my instagram or my twitter or any anything about me all i do is cuddle my dog i'm obsessed with him i love dogs so fucking much so was Mike Vick rehabilitated, and could he ever be rehabilitated? In some people's eyes, so Mike Vick uh, went to jail for two years. Um, he declared bankruptcy in a way where he didn't want to declare bankruptcy uh, in a way that where he wouldn't have to pay back his creditors because the guy owed mil. I think he owed like thirty eight million dollars to you know for properties, cars, every everything, you know, loans. So. He wanted to do the right thing and pay back that money. So he was like, nope, nope, don't uh, I don't want to be wiped queen of that uh, that responsibility. I want to pay these people back. Um, after he got out, he had to do work with um, the SPCA, and he never publicized his work, he never brought a publicist with him, and he considered donating and doing uh, donating to animal causes and doing that work after he was no longer le- legally required to do so. so, It's like, God, is this guy, did he rehabilitate himself? I think he did. I think he learned his lesson, and I think he came out as a better person. But does that mean we should forgive him? And I think a lot of people don't, and I get that. And I actually agree with that. I think the right take here is that Michael Vick rehabilitated himself, let him live his life, but I don't have to like him. I can still hate him, and I don't forgive him because I think rehabilitation and forgiveness are uh, are two separate things so however, the first team that signed Michael Vick was the Philadelphia Eagles and Michael, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are the most important thing in my life. I love them. I love them more than uh, members of my own family. I love the Eagles. So when they signed him, I was really torn where I, at first I hated it and it disgusted me. And I was furious that the Eagles would sign a piece of shit that tortures dogs. And I felt like that for a year and a half until uh, Donovan McNabb was traded. Kevin Cobb got hurt. And then Michael Vick was the starting quarterback. And he played really well. He, uh, he almost was the MVP of the league. He was incredible. This was like 2010. And then the guy was rewarded with a six-year, $100 million contract, which I completely forgot about. You can look it up. I believe $40 million was guaranteed. So this guy then paid back all the people that, uh, that he owed money to. And I'm watching him, and to be honest, I heard I decided to focus on all the good things about him. I decided to focus on the fact that, hey, he he did too many years in prison. He did a year and a half longer than what's normally recommended. He uh, is still giving to these charities. He isn't bringing publicity with him. You know, he's he does seem to be rehabilitated. But here's the thing. If Mike Vick wasn't good at football, I would have still thought he was the goddamn devil. So it's a tough thing. It's, it's a tough thing to figure out. Like, And my question is, so at what point... What would Michael Vick have had to do for me to stop cheering for the Eagles? A, th- a thing that's been a part of my life since I was a little kid. A thing that has helped me form bonds with my family, et cetera. Because et cetera. dogs wasn't it. Now, if Michael Vick was still a piece of shit about it, maybe I, I could have started to stop watching Eagles games because that would mean that the people who run the franchise are bad people. And that's a tough thing to give money to. You know, because you look at a uh, a comparison where in Dallas, um, Jerry Jones, who's the owner of that team, has has brought in very uh, questionable pieces of shit into his team. There's a guy named Greg Hardy who um, was uh, convicted of domestic abuse multiple times and even threw his girlfriend on a bed of guns. Just the worst horrific thing. And if Michael Vick had done that, I couldn't cheer for the Eagles anymore. So where's my line? Domestic violence, I couldn't do. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't cheer for a team with, uh, for domestic violence. Murder. You know what's interesting? I could probably cheer for a murderer. Like if a guy murdered a man, I would. I'd be more okay with that than domestic abuse. But dogs. It's like how good is the quarterback? <laughs> it's fucked up. So do I have a take here? Yes. Here's my take, Michael Vick. Michael Vick rehabilitated himself. I probably should have come up with this take before I started doing this segment. Right? I, I'm going to come up with it on the spot. Um, I believe that Michael Vick uh, should not because of his actions on the football field, but because of what he did as a person. Should be re- uh, is rehabilitated, and I believe that he should be forgiven, not because that he was good at football, but because of what he's done with his money and his time after being released from prison. Oh, that's not going to be a popular one. All right, what's next? Relationships. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah 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 blah. blah. Blake Blake Blake. Quarantined couples. That is the uh, that's the name of this segment. Uh, that is the advice that I'm going to give. By the way, if you um, in the future have uh, if you're looking for relationship advice or you want tips or you want to give me relationship advice, God damn it. Reach out. Hit me up. Apple, hit me up. I'm young. I'm I'm 15. Hit me up <laughs> at like Wexler on any social media. bwex 19 at Gmail dot com. That's an email that I generally use for discount codes. But. You can send me emails on it. And I'll fucking respond to it. I don't give a shit. I have time. So uh, DM me. DM me questions. But this week I'm gonna give you unsolicited advice. Uh, if you're a couple quarantined together, so my uh, my girlfriend and I, we live in a one bedroom mansion. Um, it is it's enormous. One bedroom mansion. It, it's you know one of those mansions where it's it's enormous, but there are uh, only there's a bedroom, uh, a living room, a kitchen, a bathroom, and then that's the mansion. And it's it's piled on top of. Uh, a bunch of other one-bedroom mansions. So that's our living situation. Now, for a lot of couples uh, quarantined together right now, I think the best thing for you guys to do is to isolate yourselves within the isolation in order to maximize quality time together because you are going to be spending all of your goddamn time together. So I think it's important to distinguish the quality time from the useless time. Does that make sense? Here's what I mean. If So if you're working, okay, if you're both working at the same time, um, you're just naturally going to be ignoring one another, which in small doses doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, you're really, like, if you're ignoring one another while you're working, that's completely understandable if you think about it logically. But if you're going to be in quarantine for a while and you two are just going to be fiddling around or, and that's what I call, uh, that's what I call first base, <laughs> Uh, that's what I call. By the way, um, I have a porno coming out. Um, it's uh, based in an orchestra. It's one of those orchestral um, pornos, and the score is oh breathtaking. And uh, it's called Fiddling Around, and um, there is going to be you know like uh, I, the. It's going to be really really hot and heavy when like the woodwinds hook up with the celloists and and oh my god the brass if you think those people aren't fucking wild pigs you are you have not seen a tuba player when they're turned the hell up so you should i don't even know how the fuck i got on that subject but anyway i don't like and by the way swearing uh -uh, uh uh that's gonna have to be now we're gonna have to mark this episode as explicit great great PETA is going to arrest me. Uh, Fucking the FCA, Clear Channel. I don't even know if that's even a thing anymore. Is Clear Channel still existing? Let's make more analog radio references, Blake. So my advice to you is to make sure your time together is maximized. So if you're working, work from separate rooms, you know, because that way you won't emotionally confuse your partner ignoring you for what they're doing they're just working they're not ignoring you they have to do something else but for now more than ever your partner is going to be doing something else around you all the goddamn time because we shouldn't be spending this amount of time together uh i just say my girlfriend's name i'm speaking to her directly i'm wearing a lavalier microphone (laughs) in the middle of an argument (laughs) by the way i uh i had this tweet that i'm not gonna send but um I wrote it down last night. We've been watching Ozark, uh, Ozark which is incredible. And the tweet just said, uh, sometimes I find myself getting jealous of um, how emotionally distant Marty is from his wife. <laughs> Anyway, that's why I buried the statement uh, at the 34th minute of this podcast rather than um, earlier, so my girlfriend will never find it. So, And by the way, that's just a joke. So my girlfriend and I have been getting along great. We, we haven't fought once in three weeks, and it's because when we're not doing something together, we separate ourselves from one another. So if I'm working, I'll be in one room. If she's working, she'll be in the other room. And then when we're ready to hang out, we make sure it's like, okay – now we're doing hangout time. Now we're doing couple shit. Because under normal circumstances, you can just be like, all right, well, I'm going to go to the office, or I'm going to go to a Starbucks, or you can separate yourselves. But you literally cannot do that. So th- now, under this new scenario, you need to actually actively delineate useful time from useless time. And that's with phones, too. You know, like, if you're, even if you're, if you're just fucking around with your phone, what is happening to my computer? hold on god damn it why do what are these updates what are you updating why is microsoft sending me shit right now i don't even have a microsoft computer i have a mac does microsoft makes make computers anyway so with phones that's the thing too where at the end of the work day you know you come home you're together as a couple you might fuck around in your phone Just, if you want to fuck around on your phone, I think that's normal. I just think you have to be like, hey, I need some fuck around on my phone time. Is that cool? And they'll be like, yeah, that's perfect. And then kind of set a mental timer. You don't have to be like, in four minutes and 58 seconds, we shall reconvene. Just be like, hey, a couple minutes, phone time. And then after phone time, you can go back to watching your show or Uh, Go back to your dinner or whatever the hell you were doing. I think that's great. One fun thing we've been doing, we've been going outside as much as possible, too. So here's Blake's two quarantine takes for relationships for this particular episode. Isolate yourselves. Do meaningless shit in separate rooms. And when you're together, when you're doing a couple's activity, you need to totally commit to that activity and not fuck around on your phone and not do other stuff. All right. The second thing, do as many things outside together as possible. We've been uh, taking a lot of hikes, even though uh, America City has shut down um, the hikes now. So we actually have a secret hike we've been doing. If you DM me, I'll tell you where it is. I won't. I will not tell you where it is. Uh, maybe if you join my Patreon page. I have a Patreon, by the way. I think we're, we're this far into the podcast now where I can bring it up. There's different tiers. My God, uh, different tiers. Uh, there's heavy sobbing. Um, there's a light cry. Huh? You see that? It's a double entendre. So... I would do as many things outside as possible, Uh, do a lot of working out, a lot of exercise. We've been doing a fun thing where at night we'll do a walking happy hour where we have these disposable coffee cups that we'll fill with alcohol and we'll walk around with them and we'll drink while taking our dog for a walk. And it's fantastic. It's so relaxing. I highly recommend it because it's a cute date thing. You know, you can't go to a bar. You can't can't really fucking do that much else. So drink and have a cool, sweet moment out in nature. It's great. By the way, this is the <laughs> I'm trying to pass this off as like the sweetest thing in the world. It's like, yeah, uh, Blake, all you're really doing is like, oh, Blake's a pitch for relationships, how we can sustain our love and a healthy relationship. Drink outside. I'm fucking right. Go drink outside. You've drank enough inside in your life. But be incognito about it. Don't go, like, walking around chugging out of, like, a 40 or something, you know? Like, there's families out and about. Just be subtle about it, all right? Have a nice moment. Have a few nice moments with your... with. Oh, and by the way, we're protection, all right? Next subject, leisure. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blake, Blake, Blake. All right, I'm going to be honest. The leisure section of this podcast is is fairly open ended. Um generally I'm going to use it to refer to uh you know things that I'm buying, ways to relax, uh you know recommendations for shows, shows that I'm watching, blah blah blah. But this this week we're going to talk about what to wear during your quarantine. All right? That's this that's this week's leisure topic. Now, I there is it's the clothing thing right now. It's it's up in the air, you know. There's never been a weirder time of how to dress because you who are you dressing up for? You know, it's not a rhetorical question. Answer me. Who are you? Who are you dressing up for? I now have uh, Malcolm Gladwell on. Um, well, actually, in the 1930s, there was a flu in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and those those idiots killed each other. Um, so. I think that you still need to dress like a grown-up. Sometimes. I think you need to – here's the thing. I think you need to dress for the situation. Does that make sense? So if you're end of the day, you know, or Saturday or Sunday, put on a goddamn sweatsuit. Put on those cute little shorts that you like to wear. Whatever is comfortable, do that, you know? Before you go to bed, when you wake up in the morning, you're having coffee, et cetera, et cetera. Even wear them. You don't have to like. Oh, it's nine o'clock. I guess I have to change into a suit. Don't do that. But you know, when when the day starts, like put on some jeans, some chin je- Like wear something. Just wear something similar to what you would normally wear. Because the issue is, you gotta stay away from elastic. All right. It's it's gonna fuck. It's gonna fuck you up. You can't wear. Stretchy things all the time because you're gonna have no idea how much weight you're gaining And I I'm saying that as in a joking tone, but I am dead serious. There's no way to know When I was in college my uh, when did I get super fat? I think that was my I think that was my senior year. I got real fat. Here's the thing So right now I weigh and I know everyone's wondering i'm, I'm sitting around 180 pounds. I'm six foot 180 um and uh, my and by the way, I, my bench has improved, my squats, my ass is hard as a goddamn rock right now. My legs are insane. Uh <laughs> like I'm I'm it's not funny. It's not funny my legs are my legs are insane. I've been wearing short shorts at night, and not not during the day, because during the day I dress like a grown-up, but at night I've been wearing oh my legs are freezing. My legs it's four, it's 59 degrees outside. Why am I wearing shorts? Because I like to look at the muscles in my legs. Calves, huge. Thighs. Just thick, thick beef. Overcooked meat. That's what my legs are. Overcooked meat and shotgun shells. That's what that's what my legs are made out of. All right? By the way, have you ever noticed with guns, like all gun companies sound like you know the name of like the last name of two presidents, right? Like, oh, what kind of uh, what kind of gun is that? It's a uh, it's a Grant Roosevelt. Oh shit. What what kind? What are you packing? What do you have? Oh, it's a uh, it's a it's a Taft Kennedy. Oh my god. Yep, single uh, bold action Taft Kennedy. Shit. What's your dad have? What'd you grow up with? Oh, my dad, um, he grew up with a uh, a Grant Adams uh, rifling barrel, single barrel. I'm like mixing up my drinks and guns because I don't know anything about guns. By the way, fun fact about uh, Ulysses S. Grant, um, he changed his name so his initials were U.S. Grant. I believe his original name was Harkham Ulysses Grant, but he didn't like that his uh, initials spelled out hug because he was an alcoholic psycho and a terrible president. And who would I, by the way, I was thinking, uh, per- Ulysses S. Grant, legendarily terrible president, great general, terrible president, massive alcoholic, terrible temper. And I was thinking, who would I rather have as president? Ulysses S. Grant or Donald Trump? Because Donald Trump doesn't drink. So would I rather have a sober Donald Trump Or an alcoholic Ulysses S. Grant. And I would go with Ulysses S. Grant, because at least Ulysses S. Grant is sober sometimes, and President Trump is always out of his sick fucking mind. So anyway, let's get back to leisure, right. And I don't want to get political, even though it's like 25% of the podcast. So... Dress for the occasion. If you're doing work, put on some like you know, put on a button up. If you're a guy, like put on what what do women wear? Huh? Beekeeper outfits. If you're a woman, I just have like no concept of like. So all beekeepers are female. Is that correct? Do I have that information uh, accurately? So at night, if you're doing like a date with your like significant other, if you're having a comfy movie date, wear comfy shit. But if you're like making each other dinner, dress up a little bit. Here's a game changer. When I feel like I'm being super unproductive uh, during the quarantine, I've been, I, I put on a watch and it, it has helped. It's helped immensely because you don't need a watch unless you're doing something. You know what I mean? Like right now, I, I feel like the clock business is at an all time low. Uh, Big Ben killed himself. It's true. In England. Big Ben killed himself. He jumped. He dove into that. Uh, that what I would imagine is a very disgusting river <laughs> they have there. Um, and the London Eye saw the whole thing. <laughs> oh, it's fun. So um, that's what you should do. Dress appropriately. Dress right. And when it's comfy time, be comfy. But when it's not comfy time, if you're doing work, you can't wear elastic shit. Oh, I forgot about. Oh, so I was talking about my weight. So when I was in college. Senior year, right now I weigh 180. Uh, I think that's my perfect weight. Um, in college, I weighed 215 pounds. Was it wasn't 210. I weighed 210. And looking back on it, it's because all I did, you know, I was a pig college student. I wore like, like XL shorts because they were comfy, and I just filled them out. You know, I had no idea I was gaining weight because you can't tell really if you're gaining weight. You know, like you look in the mirror, and you're like, ah, oh, you know, that's. It's not bad or whatever, but so just wear clothes, you know that like have your waistline measurements on them. Does that make sense? You have to do it every once in a while. Like, what's your waist? Value? Are you a thirty-four, thirty-two? Are you a nineteen, twelve? Nineteen, twelve. By the way, is a fine year and also my jean size. I'm I'm a twelve in seam, twelve inches, and a nineteen waist. Huh. So that's my, that's my tip. That's my take. For leisure this week, wear clothes appropriately for the occasion while you're stuck in quarantine. All right? And now let's go in for the clothes. C-L-O-S-E. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blake, Blake, Blake. I did it. That's right. I did it. Not we. I did it by myself. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm not not that sick. So that was the end of uh, the first episode. I hope you liked it. If you did like it, rate and review the podcast. And by the way, you didn't even hear what I just said. Everyone always goes, rate and review the podcast. And it means those words are meaningless at this point. But I'm telling you, it means I'm telling you. Who the hell do I think I am? I'm asking you. I'm begging you. Please, if you're listening to this uh, on Apple Podcasts and you're near a laptop, or if you know a better way of doing this, do it. But search in iTunes, Blake's takes for God's sakes. Click it under ratings and reviews. Click write a review, and then give me five stars, please. If you're not giving me five stars, don't fucking bother. So uh, and then be like, oh Blake, his legs couldn't. I can hear how strong his legs are through his microphone. All right, five stars. I can I can feel his legs through the mic, all right? That's what I recommend. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to put this out uh, every single Wednesday, okay? And it means so much to me um, that you're listening. I, lo- I appreciate your support. For everyone who's gone uh, to the Patreon, I, I think it's Patreon slash Blake Wexler. Uh, I really appreciate that. Um, seriously, the amount of gratitude that I have for you spending 45 minutes to an hour with me is uh, It's Over the Moon, all right? I love each and every one of you. I guess that's it. I love each and every one of you. Goodbye. Blake, Blake